Imagine for a moment that you have a condition called anemia in which your blood does not have enough red blood cells. The doctor highly suggests you have a blood transfusion. You ask the doctor how risky a blood transfusion would be and she tells you it is a reliable procedure and you'll be closely monitored afterwards in case anything goes awry. She also tells you that refusing the treatment would lead to a worsening of your anemia, possibly leading to organ failure in the worst circumstance. You consider the low riskiness of the operation and compare it to the high risk of refusing it and inform the doctor that you would like to go through with the blood transfusion. This is a pretty textbook case of a doctor informing a patient of a procedure to find out what the patient wants to do. In most cases, it works very well. But consider another situation. You're in a car crash and put into a coma. There are various different medical procedures that must be undertaken as your condition is in not flash shape. It's extremely evident that you cannot be informed of them or provide your consent of these operations because you're in a coma. In cases like this, doctors may consult pre-written arrangements you have made, like an advanced directive, or they may consult a person like your husband, parent, child, or other designated person in your life. This seems like a black and white issue. Either you're able to make informed decisions of your health, or you can't. But Neil Pickering from Otago University's Bioethics Center, along with two of his colleagues, Dr. Simon Walker and Associate Professor Giles Newton Howes, are exploring this confusing grey world between these two extremes. At what point do these alternatives kick in? At what point? do we determine that someone is unable to make uh, their own choice? An example of uh, a grey area, which is a, a growing area of concern, is with patients who have one form or another of dementia. Broadly speaking, I mean, some dementias affect things like short-term memory, most obvious example, you want to somebody to express an opinion on a particular possible treatment or some alternative. You start the conversation, 20-30 seconds in, they can no longer remember where the conversation started. There are other dementias that have a rather different effect. They can change the person's personality. So somebody who at one time was very compliant, say, with medication and with, uh, you know, doctor's suggestions, might suddenly become quite adverse to them, uh, much to the surprise of their relatives. Say, oh, old dad, he was always, you know, happy to listen to doctors. He was a scientist himself. Now he seems to suddenly have changed. Well, it could go the other way. Somebody who was always fiercely sort of anti-Western drugs or whatever you want, suddenly is very compliant, doesn't seem to care. You do what, we'll do what you want, Doc. And, uh, you know, in either case, you may think, ah, oh, 
Well, the problem here isn't that isn't really a cognitive problem, at least it's not a processing problem. What seems to have changed is what matters to the person, what they value. So with this grey area in mind now, let's think of another example. Let's say you are in a mountain biking accident and suffer a brain injury that, while not lethal, has drastically altered your personality and openness to trusting other people. At the hospital, the doctor thus asks you if you would be okay with some relatively minor surgeries to mend some fractures you've received from your accident. Normally, you wouldn't even question this, and you would give the green light immediately. But now, after having a traumatic brain injury in your accident, you seem to be more adverse to this treatment and decide you do not want this medical operation. You would just like to go home. By all objective measures, this is a bad decision. The extent of your injuries are very likely to lead to further complications if not attended to, and so declining surgery is far more risky than having the operation itself. But you understand all that. As the doctors explain it to you, you simply just want to go home. That's it. The problem isn't that you are unable to appropriately understand your situation or the details of it. It is simply that the decision you have landed on is a very questionable one. This leaves us with a handful of theoretical options. Before they said what they decided, we thought they were perfectly cognitively able and they seemed to be expressing their uh, normal character. This is a bit of a shock, but it doesn't give me cause to go back and reassess whether the person actually was able to make the decision. But then there are other people who say, hmm, this looks like such a, a risky route to take. I'm beginning to doubt my initial judgment. <clears throat> and um, for those people, they kind of have kind of two routes ahead of them. Those people who are suddenly scratching their heads and wondering, all right, I'm just going to go back and have a look, uh, just check the person's understanding. You know, when I said this treatment will make you better, you realised I meant better, you know, you'll be up and about. This really is what you want, is it? This, you know, you want to take this risk with the possibility that you won't come out uh, on the other side or you'll be disabled or something when you're in comparison with your current state on the other side. And you check those things and they say, yep, yeah, no, no, I understood that, yes, uh, that is what I, I'm prepared to take that risk. Uh, and then you, would, then you might back off and say, okay, the authority is still with you. Or you can do something which is marginally but quite importantly different. You can say, all right, um, it's not that I'm ruling out you making this decision. I'm actually going to raise the bar here. I'm going to have to test you harder, have some higher standards here. So when I asked you, do you understand, I'm, I really 
need to know uh, that you can understand some of what's going to happen, say, medically here. You know, I don't give you this treatment. You realise that the the bacteria are going to multiply. You realise that uh, it's going to affect this element of your life and that element of your life. So going into much more detail. So these are our options then to either disregard what the decision is from a patient and focus entirely on the cognitive ability to make a decision in general or to rewind and examine the thought process that led to the decision to make sure each step is understood correctly. Furthermore, we can enhance the ability needed to actually make a decision because you're making one that is deemed very, very risky. We're going to raise the bar and require you to further understand what the implications are of your decision. Neil and his colleagues don't know which of these options is the best, as their work is still ongoing. So at at different times, I have to admit, I've been convinced more by one than the other. And then on further thought or being confronted with opposing views I've kind of rethought and I you know where the research will sit at the end I don't quite know and to make matters more complicated or indeed there might be a a completely different approach there may even be some fourth or fifth option waiting in the darkness that they are yet to consider (laughs) 